<clears throat> this is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I am so excited to welcome to our channels today a very familiar face to anybody that's anyone in recruitment in the UK that's for sure but across the globe as well this is James Osborne who is the chairman of the Recruitment Network a fellow champion for mental health and recruitment, a non-exec director, and a huge advocate of working within the charity market as well. And, and you're going to talk to us a little bit about that, that today, hopefully. James, welcome to you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, Lisa. I'm not, I'm, I don't normally get called a familiar face. It's normally a familiar hair is what I get tend, tend to refer to as sort of stuff. <laughs> well, we can't be hairist on this channel, obviously. But <laughs> obviously. For those who are listening rather than watching, it's definitely worth going over to YouTube just to look at James's <laughs> fabulous hair. Now, I know we've got a very, very good mutual friend, haven't we, with Nina Lockwood, and she's always talking about your hair. So a shout out to <laughs> So well, maybe we should come back and talk to you about your, your hair care. But we're not going to talk about that today, are we? No, I don't think so. We're going to talk about the fact that as we record this in the second half of 2021, we as recruitment sort of objectifiers, we're sat on the market. You've got obviously hundreds and thousands of people in your recruitment network. And obviously I'm a rector. We're in a very, very exciting stage as an industry. And I want to know from your perspective, what we can do now as recruiters and recruitment leaders to maximize this opportunity where we're predominantly job rich and talent short. Yeah, I, I think the I think this has been the most fascinating 12 to 18 months in my career looking at the recruitment sector. Um, and I'll be honest with you, you know, you have to look at COVID as what it is, and it's not a great thing for obvious reasons. But if you look at the recruitment sector, the economy and everything else, it's actually been very, very good um, for the recruitment sector on the whole. And that's not across the board, but on the whole, because what it's done, it's reminded all of us, anyone who runs a business, anyone who works in business, actually some of the really ridiculous things that we used to do and some of the really important things that we need to be doing moving forward. Um, and if I give you some examples of that, and this is based on not what I think is like an idea or what I've read in a book, but this is what I'm seeing happening day in, day out at the moment. It just seems to be working. I think fundamentally one of the biggest shifts more than anything else is that we've got a lot, lot closer to our customer base. So recruiters now have spent the last 12 to 18 months having multiple client meetings every single day with customers. And you go back maybe 18 months ago, if you ask a recruiter to go and do maybe 10 client visits in a month, they almost like throw their toys out of the pram and fall off their chairs type of stuff because it's, we're so busy and we have to go and see people. But now we're seeing, what, eight, 10 people a day on Zoom, which has been fantastic. And we've been doing that for 12 to 18 months. The first question we now ask people is, how are you? So all those barriers that have traditionally been in place when it comes to a supplier-provider relationship and client relationship has now dissipated. We're a lot closer to our customers. The consequence of that is we now understand our customers a lot better. They understand us a lot better. And we can now work with them as partners, as talent partners, recruitment partners, whatever you want to call it, as opposed to suppliers. And that really, really excites me because that completely changes the goalpost, completely changes the game. Um, in how we play this and it allows us to be far more productive and actually far more profitable because if you look at the recruitment companies at the moment I don't know hardly any recruitment companies that haven't had a record month in the last three to six months haven't had a record quarter aren't more profitable than they were pre-covid and so on and so forth and that's recruiters themselves as well as the businesses so recruiters running a desk 
you know, the old days of, of having a recruiter that you'd expect to get to maybe 100, 120,000 pounds in their first or second year, the expectations now are 200,000 pounds plus because we can, because we can do different types of business. So I think that's really exciting. I think we're a lot, lot closer to our customers. I think we need to play that as much as we possibly can. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree. And I think it's, you know, really important that, you know, the likes of yourself, you know, you're a huge advocate for our industry. We've shifted, haven't we, from being this kind of transactional sales force to actually being professional business partners, as you would have a lawyer or an accountant. And it's, I think it's a real paradigm shift that needed to happen. And, you know, nobody would have wanted the consequence of COVID to have happened to any, anybody at all. But actually, we've got to see the advantage and the benefit and, and keep it kind of, you know, on a, on a, I guess, on a scientific level. That's really what it's done for the sector. And I think you're right. I think how often did you used to say to any of your clients, how are you? You know, how are you doing? Yeah. We, it's just brought, we've all shared a human experience. So I, I talked about that a lot last year. And I think the vulnerability aspect, it's made people much more aligned around you know their values and their shared experiences and i think that, that can only be a good thing so i think you're right and yeah absolutely you know yeah. having yeah, I, 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 no sorry yeah you're right and, and I, I've, I've always really hated all the sort of the barriers that, that go up when you have sales processes mm. everyone's very polite to each other we're all putting on suits because we feel we should put on suits we're all saying things to customers that we don't really mean but it's the appropriate thing to say to try and break the ice etc but now people are actually genuine again and they're really having genuine conversations so now from a recruiter's point of view when they're talking to their customers about the hiring process and their markets and everything else you can have a genuine honest conversation with your customers you are wrong i'm telling you you will not find people if yeah. you are paying these salaries or doing it this way so we're now allowed to be more consultative that's great because we're called recruitment consultants and guess what we're now doing some consultancy work that's awesome and so it goes on and so it goes on so it's, it's really exciting output i think that's come from the from what has happened over this extraordinary 18 months yeah no definitely and you know i want to pick up on something else you've just said there that productization of what we do is actually the key to growth and, and, and ensuring that scalability as opposed to just relying on firm business or a temp book but because you can actually then become a true consultant in the in the absolute true definition of what a consultant is you know yeah talent pools you know market insights salary surveys all of these things are what we have we have access to that in whatever desk you do i, I definitely agree i think people need to be careful with this word productization so we, we, we've been using it a lot of, over the last two three four five years now actually talking about you now making it easier for your customers to buy from you having a product suite that they can choose from etc that's great in principle we need to be a little bit careful that we don't dumb down uh, what we do and we remind people that actually recruitment is a human business it's what it's all about it's human capital um, and a big big part of that is the quality of the service that you deliver so yes we're selling products but I'll tell you something that's absolutely wrapped up in quality of service and i think one of the key differentials between a great recruiter and the average recruiters out there moving forward will be the quality of service to their customers to their clients to their candidates um, and so on and so forth. I think that's really important to remember. Products are important. Wrap it in a great, I mean, what we refer to as celebrity level service. Oh, I like that. I'm going to maybe choose different celebrities to decide to do to describe what my service levels are. I'm going to have a David Beckham. That's for sure. That's just because it's England at the minute. It's all about England. Yeah. Definitely. No, I think that's really good advice actually. And I think you know we mustn't forget that ultimately. 
that's what will give you longevity in your market it's that quality of service it's people trusting you that you know what you're talking about and you're not just trying to jump on a bandwagon yeah and and, and you're absolutely right and and to add to that the one other thing that will give you longevity is actually having true pride in what it is that we do you know and i think this has been a big big shift for a lot of people is actually when you look back at what the recruitment industry has done for the global economy for the uk economy for the customers we work with for candidates, people being out of work. Now, there's a real pr- sense of pride now about what we do. And that pride is now translating into, well, actually, let's get paid for our true worth now. Let's get paid for our time as well as the outputs that we're creating. So that's why you're seeing all these new products coming onto the market. Well, they're not new, but they're, they're now being utilized a lot more. It's like recurring revenue models, annuity models, you know, more RPO type business, even though you're a one-person recruitment business or just a recruiter. It's great news from that perspective, I think. So that pride is coming back into it now. Real proud, pride feeling that actually what we don't do is a transactional service. What we actually do is a transformational service. And they're two very, very different things. It's just, I just hold my head high. I hold my head high when I have conversations like this because I think, you know, we really do change lives. That is what we do. And for once, I feel like that to say that it's not seen as cheesy or disingenuous or you're not meant to say that in recruitment. You know, 20 years ago, you'd have been shot down for saying that. But I think it's remarkable. And I'm so pleased to hear that from your mouth. I really mean that. So, you know, I think it's uh, it's definitely an exciting time to be in the industry. And in terms of your members, what, what are people doing to attract new talent? Because that's something that I'm really passionate about. Although I personally don't do a lot at the junior entry level. I, I tend to work in the senior market. But what are people doing to attract the new the sort of Gen, Gen Z coming through? Yeah, so we, we, we've got a whole load of initiatives running at the moment across the network because I think, I mean, ultimately, however good your strategy is, however good your products are, however good your website is, your brand is, you're not going to grow your business unless you've got the talent in there to support that and provide those services. Uh, yes, you could replace people with technology, but then, you know, that's dumbing down what it is that we do anyway, and that won't ever work, uh, truly. So so for me, there's a lot of things that people are doing. I think the, the first thing, and I, I say this to everybody I work with, is that, you know, recruitment company owners need to remember that their most important client is themselves. Yeah. Um, so if you if I said to you, Lisha, here's a million pound customer that's going to work with you on a retained basis for the next 12 months, what would you do? And I think it would be fair to say you pull out all the stops, you build landing pages, you do joint branding um, advertising campaigns, you bring in a whole sourcing function to work on that account, you have an account management process, you'd be producing data. Why don't we do that for ourselves when we're recruiting for our own businesses? You know, and it's bizarre. So yes, there is a war for talent on out there. This is the reason why RectorX are so busy and there's so much going on. But there's still a hell of a lot of talent out there that could, could be can be got if we actually just up our game a little bit and treat ourselves as if we, if we were a, what I refer to as an A-star customer or a million pound plus customer. Yeah. So I often say to people, start with that first and foremost, um, map out what you would do for that customer and then now go and do it for yourself. And I had this conversation this morning. We did a, uh, we had a round, one of our round table sessions with a group of uh, recruitment business leaders. And you know, we're saying to them, how often every evening tonight, you're going to go home and you want to drive home if you're not in your virtual office or you're going to be at home doing your virtual commute, whatever we do these days. And how many people are you headhunting this evening from your competitors? And, you know, and, and you get these looks of these blank looks from a lot of people. I, well, I'm not. I've got other things to do. I've got this sort of stuff. That's your most important thing. You're not going to be able to grow your business. You're not going to be able to delegate some of this stuff that you're doing at the moment to other people unless you focus on that. Mm-hmm. So as a call to action, every evening, 
headhunt one person from a, comp- a competitor. You had to do that. Why wouldn't you? So it's some, there's a real basic thing that needs to be done first, I think, uh, before we start coming up with all the creative strategies that a lot of people are trying to come up with now to sort of find the next generation of talent. Very good. Very good basic, basic stuff, actually. But you know what? You're right. Pick up the phone and make those things happen. You'd be surprised yeah. what can happen. Now, we, we are connected through Rhonda as well, Rhonda with Mental Health and Recruitment. So mental well-being has become a really prominent topic we all started talking about it much more openly last year, certainly during COVID. But what would you say, as leaders ourselves, what should we be doing to maintain our own mental well-being, but also those of our team too? Yeah, this, this is a really fascinating question. And I think it's, I don't think at this stage, many people in our sector, many people in, in business full stop, really appreciate how much scarring they've probably taken on because of covid you know we're all pretty resilient people you know you know me i'm i like to be pretty positive and pretty resilient i think you know it's 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 really had an impact on me it's had an impact on everybody and anybody who denies that i think is is probably not not really looking at themselves truthfully so i I think there's a reality check that needs to happen here Um, i think it's happening anyway i think the work that people like Rhonda are doing and and everyone across that that initiative and everybody else outside of that I i think people are really thinking about this now and embracing it I hope for me, and, and this is probably where I think about things maybe slightly differently from some people, and I hope when I say this, I'm not trying to be in any way offensive towards any of these initiatives, but I always look at mental well-being as a positive thing in the sense of what can we do to be uh, mentally stronger, mentally better uh, in a positive and optimistic way, rather than looking at where are our problems and how do we fix our problems. I'm, I'm a personal believer, and this has come through some of my own personal experiences, that if you if not ignore things, but if you can compartmentalise things and focus forwards and on, on where, where you could get to, then actually those other things become less important. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say trivial, but they become less important on the grand scheme of things. So for me, what can a leader do? You know, the, the, the thing at the moment that's working better than anything else is letting people know and showing them and helping them become part of a winning team. We all want to start moving forward again. We've been in paralysis for 12, 18 months. We've been sort of tre- running in treacle. You know, we stop, start, stop, start. People want to move forward. That's what, that's what humans are designed to do. So recruitment leaders need to help people understand they are moving forward. Let's help them move forward. Uh, and that to me is what I would, would be my focus as a leader, as opposed to how can I help you fix some of the issues that you've got? I can't fix those. That's not my area of expertise. That's why we have the Rondas of this world. What I can do is help drive you forward to a better place. And that's where we're going. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I, you and I need to talk more off camera about that because I, exactly what you've just said there about compartmentalizing things to create this positive mindset. That's exactly what I've done in my life. And that's what I encourage other people to do as well. And it's not that you're dismissing what's happening. You're just choosing to reposition and reframe what's happened to go forward and keep moving forward. Yeah. And, and, it, and it does take, it's actual hard work to get yourself to that point, but you know that that's the right direction. So I think, and that, I think that's really good advice. And, you know, the, the whole sort of leadership mentality is around sort of leading by example. So if you're capable of doing that as a leader, then you'll just encourage other people around you to do the same thing. And, and I think we're all very ready to keep moving forward. That's for sure. Well, I, th- I, th- I think so, definitely, you know, and, you know, the other thing I'll say as a leader is, you know, you, you don't need to be Superman or Superwoman here. You know, you, we are human beings. Be, be and transparent and honest about how you're feeling about stuff, because that's the stuff that buys real engagement. I mean, if you, if you look 
look at businesses today, there is no doubt in my mind, I say this about my team as much as anything else, we are so much closer to our teams now. We've gone into a battle and we've come out the other side. That's, that, that brings the team so much closer together. That is wonderful, I think. So that needs to be embraced, I think, moving forward. Yeah, no, I do. I totally agree. And now the final topic I want to talk to you about today is a matter very close to your heart, I'm sure, is the world, world of charity. And I know that you're, I, I, think, I don't know if you run charities or you're a patron of charities, you can talk to us about that. But I think as a, as a sector and as an industry, you know, we're a multi-billion pound industry. Um, there are some that get involved with charities, sponsor charities, do different events and everything. But in terms of corporate social responsibility, it's such a huge sector in other areas, particularly at things like construction, around environment and community. What can we do as an industry to make sure it's not just rhetoric and we can actually change people's lives with the A, the, the revenue we generate and B, the fact that we're all so proactive and brilliant at marketing things? We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. There's a really good um, uh, phrase called self-actualization. I'm sure you may have heard it before through Maslow's hierarchy of needs, etc. And to me, it's the echelon of real, true personal engagement. When you go home at night, you look yourself in the mirror and you think you've actually made a positive difference. Not someone's told you that, but you believe it yourself. A lot of these things, like DNI, um, like all these types of things, they can be seen as tick box exercises. Um, and that really annoys me, actually, because what it actually does, it completely dumbs down the whole point of what we're trying to do in these things. 
So charity to me is really, really important. As you know, you know, I lost my first son a number of years ago. So the reason why I'm involved in charity is because, you know, I lost the opportunity to have a son that was going to grow up. I've got two lovely kids now. But, you know, at that time, I wanted to give something back to the people who helped him when he was alive. I wanted to try and almost like enable people who can have the opportunity to live their lives that he couldn't live to give them the opportunity. So, so I said, let's get involved in charity. What can I do? How can I support stuff? I don't make a big thing about it because it's not a big thing. It's my thing. Yeah. Um, but, but what it does do, it gives me the opportunity to do silly things that, you know, I like to do all my triathlon stuff and whatever, or run stuff, whatever it is, whatever your thing is. Um, but I love the feeling at the end of a day when you can stop and look back and say, actually, because of what I've done today, I've actually made a positive difference. And I think when anybody in business starts to feel that, irrespective of whether they put it on their website or otherwise, I think that makes a massive, massive difference. You know, and there's some examples out there of recruitment organizations and recruiters who this year have done stuff and nobody's even spoken about it until someone mentioned it about them. And they go, yeah, well, I didn't feel it was necessary to mention it. You think, well, that's, that's incredible when you think about it. Generally, if you look at people, especially in our industry, we are naturally, we're people who want to help people. We're people who want to solve problems. That's, that's, what, that's what the recruitment sector is all about. So I think you will find all the time in our industry, there's a lot of co uh, social responsibility, CSR, charitable stuff happening all day long. I don't think many people will necessarily talk about it which in one sense is maybe not a good thing because you, know, you could use it for your brand and everything else. But on the other sense, to me, it makes it really authentic. And that self-actualization piece then really lives and, and true in a business, which I think is amazing. And it's that blend, isn't it, of authenticity? Actually, it's, it's a really good point you make because the altruism, I, I'm a judge for the recruiter awards. And that's one of the things that we judge the recruitment leaders on is what they've actually done in terms of their social responsibility and charity. And these yeah. guys are just, they're just humble. They're just, they're using their skills to the advantage of the charities that they're choosing to partner. And it's just absolutely phenomenal. And that, the reason I think that we should talk about it is because by osmosis, we all, we're all naturally competitive. So we can create this vibe of, we can do more to help more people. I think naturally, yeah. That's what we're, we're inclined to do. And we are all solutions people, aren't we, at the end of the day? Well, I think it's remarkable. And we'll make sure that the links to your charity are on this podcast, which I know everyone's going to have been jotting down all their absolute snippets of gold from you, James. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you no, taking time to talk to our network today. No, absolute pleasure. As I say, you know, from, from my point of view, I think this is a really exciting time for the world now coming out of COVID. It, to me, the exciting piece is what are we going to what the lessons we've learned over COVID? What are we going to do with those lessons? And that, that really excites me, I think. Yeah, me too. And you know what? We'll revisit it in 10 years time when you've still got that amazing head of hair. <laughs> I doubt it. Still doing your triathlon. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, James. Pleasure. Lovely to see you, Alicia. Thank you.